Hey! Merry Christmas. In the church year, in the Christian calendar, the Sunday before Christmas is called Christmas Sunday. And so it is my joy and privilege to welcome you here today. I am so glad you are here. I know time is precious. So I want to thank you for giving us some of yours. Uh, my name is Benji. I get the awesome privilege of serving as one of the pastors around here. And we are just so glad you are here. Hey, tomorrow, actually today, we start a marathon, if you will, of 27 Christmas services throughout the New Hope movement. 27 of those. We covet your prayers, number one, the staff and all the world changers serving. Also, just wanna let you know, you do not wanna miss those services that start at the Durham campus tomorrow. Tomorrow and Tuesday are our Christmas services, Christmas Eve, if you will, incredibly different from today. Today, I just want to go ahead and kind of let you know on the front end, today's kind of low-key, man. We're just chilling. We're trying to pace ourselves. We got this really cool element at the end of the worship celebration today where we're just going to gather around the baby grand piano and we're going to sing. But tomorrow, it all changes. We have two services tomorrow. This is just the Durham campus. Two services tomorrow, 5 p.m. and 7 p.m., and let me just go ahead and say, if you can attend that one instead of Tuesday, that would be awesome. And on Tuesday, we have them at three, five, and seven. Here's a slide that'll show you the entire movement with all of the Christmas Eve services on there. But since this is Durham, again, talking particularly to you, tomorrow, five and seven, and December 24, three, five, and seven, hope that you will be around for that. Amen? Hey, let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for many things today. Most of all, thank you for the gospel of your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that you sent us a savior. Lord Jesus, we thank you for coming. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for this place and your presence here today. Lord God, we probably don't thank you enough for the fact that the church can be a place to rest, can be a refuge. And God, it's crazy out there. It's only going to get crazier over the next few days. And so we pray that in this moment, oh God, that we would simply marinate in the beauty of your gospel, that you would minister to us, that we would worship you in spirit and in truth. Speak to us through your word, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, last week, I think it was last week, might have been about 10 days ago, my son Benjamin and I were walking uh, through some fields before the sun came up. It was dark. We were hunting. And um, we got to a place where he was to go one way and I was to go the other. And so I pulled out my flashlight and I said, hey, take my flashlight. And so he took my flashlight and uh, he walked on down, down to a creek bottom and up to a field where he was going to be. I turned to the right and I went down this tree line. Remember, I gave him my flashlight, so I'm walking in dark. And all of a sudden, I stepped on something. To this day, I don't even know what it was. I don't know if it was a raccoon. I don't know if it was a rabbit. I don't think it was a snake, because if it was, I would have shot it. But I stepped on something, and then it went, and it started moving all in the bushes, and I, ah! I came out of my skin, almost wet my pants. 
I don't know what it is, but I got to thinking about it later as I was just sitting there throughout the morning. There's something about darkness and fear. There's some connection between darkness and fear. And I don't know what you are feeling about 2019. Here we are at the end of another year. But in many respects, 2019 was another dark year. We had mass shootings, we had shootings in churches and schools, we had that horrific shooting down in El Paso, Texas, the ugliness and the darkness of racism raised its ugly head yet again and probably will, unfortunately, in 2020. We had the political season where, in my experience, I've never seen our nation so polarized and angry at one another. It was just a dark year. And again, whenever there's darkness, there can be fear. And whenever there's fear, many of us don't sleep well. Even though I heard recently, and you probably heard it too, it's all over the TV, I heard recently how to get the best night's sleep in the world. Maybe you've heard this little jingle, right? For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Uh, right, right? And some of you, I would venture to guess, you bought MyPillow.com. You bought the pillow. I bought it. I not only bought it, I bought it when John Lindell, because he's the dude who leads that commercial, I bought it when John Lindell said, if I did, I would get a pillow thrown in free. And so I got two MyPillows.com. And like some of you, sometimes I still don't sleep that well. Isn't it interesting that Christmas, and maybe you've never thought about it this way, isn't it interesting that Christmas came at the darkest time of the year? In fact, we celebrate it every year during the darkest time of the year, four days prior to Christmas. Sounds a lot like today. In fact, it was last night, was the longest night of the year. I wonder if there's something to that, that Christmas rolls around at the darkest time of the year. Some of you might be sitting here and it's economic darkness. I mean, come on, you've already started to regret the bills that you're gonna have to pay in January because of the money you've spent in December. Others of you, it might be relational darkness. Come on, you are already dreading even the thought of going over to their house, right? Come on, come on. Others of you, you're not going there, but they're coming to you. Oh, God help us. And you're already dreading the fact that someone like Cousin Eddie, right, is gonna show up at your house, photobomb one of your pictures with the RV in the back. Some of you, it might be child-related that you have a son or a daughter who's off in the far country making bad decisions or you've just lost connectivity with them. Others of you, the darkness is actually loneliness. And in the midst of your loneliness, every now and then you'll put on the Christmas music. And at a very rare but unfortunate time, the song that is playing is Elvis's, I'll have a Blue, 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 <laughs> Christmas. Uh, 
I wonder if there's something to this reality that Christmas rolls around every year during the darkest time of the year. Two things I would say to you about that. It's why I'm really, really excited. I know you've already heard it mentioned, but I'm really, really excited about the January series, Anxious for Nothing. That's actually scripture. I don't know if you called it or not, but the Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer and supplication, make your desires, your wishes, your prayers known to Christ and the God of all peace will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Cannot wait to unpack the best I can this whole series, Anxious for Nothing. 2020, I wanna go ahead and let you know, 2020 is gonna be an anxious year. So I'm looking forward to that series. Here's the second thing I would say to you. Did you know that when Christ came for the very first time, he came in the midst of what scholars call the dark era or the silent era? For 700 years, the prophets stopped preaching. For 700 years, everyone thought as if God was gone and God was not moving. And it was in the midst of this that Isaiah, open up your Bibles to Isaiah 9. It is in the midst of this darkness, this silent or dark era where the prophet Isaiah would declare to the people of God, Isaiah 9 too, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of, I love this next phrase, it's the, the prophet's trying to make sure we understand this is dark, dark, into the deep darkness, a light has dawned. Jesus showed up in the darkest point in human history. What do you what do you appreciate about the properties of light? Just, just think about that for a moment. What are the properties of light that you appreciate? Because I think we can learn a lot about God in thinking about the properties of light. Here's the first one. Light warms. It warms. I was up this morning about 5 a.m., and uh, I lit a fireplace for the very first time this year. And, and my dog and I, Abby, we just we snuggled up right in front of the fireplace, and we felt the, the heat from the fire. What else does light do? I already talked about this. Light guides. Light guides us when we need light. Some of you are cyclists and you, you ride your bikes in the early morning or, or in the evenings and I see the headlights that you have or the lights flashing on your bicycle. Lights guide. Here's another one and this is my favorite one. Light dispels darkness. Light not only pushes darkness out of one room into the next, light actually dispels darkness. It, it actually eliminates darkness. I don't know if any of you ever got this. I know I first called on to it in the year 2017. There might have been some earlier versions, but have you guys heard about the clapper? Any of you got the clapper? I thought about getting the clapper, but I figured my family would not like me walking around the house going... The clapper is this whole idea. You clap twice and the lights go off and you clap two more times and, and the lights come back on. It's called the clapper. If you're running out of ideas on what you can get your loved one for Christmas, I just slipped that one in there free for you. I wonder, I wonder if our productions team, what do you think? I wonder if they're good enough to do this. What do you say? Should I, should I test them? Should I test them? They're good, I'm telling you. You think they can get it back? No, sometimes the lights take longer to come back on. Let's see. Give it up for the productions team. 
Light doesn't displace darkness. Come on, light dispels darkness. Darkness is a place of despair, or as the prophet Isaiah said, a place of gloom, a place of fear. But light, come on, light is a place of life. It's a place of joy. It's a place of courage. And don't miss this today on this Sunday before Christmas. There is no place so dark that the light of Christ can't come in and dispel the darkness. Did you hear me? There's no place of darkness inside your soul or something that has happened to you existentially or something that you know about in your family or your workplace. There is no place so dark that the light of Christ can't come in and dispel the darkness. Even a place like a hospital room. I don't know if you saw this this week. This is, this is life, right? Well, first I'll tell you about this. I woke up this morning and I got two, two messages at the same time. Basically, uh, a new hope or a dear friend to my family and I, she lived with us for quite some time. Her, her water broke last night, so I got a text from her. Hey, we're at the hospital. Baby's about to be here. At the same time, I got another message from a dear staff person whose dad just died. Such is the, the cycle of life, right? It's both beautiful and it's brutal. Maybe you saw this last week. It really moved me. I don't quite know why. But is there any place darker than a hospital room, say at Christmas, when the prognosis is cancer and you're staring death right in the face? There's a man by the name of Penn Pennington. He's 67 years old. He lives in Nashville, Tennessee, and that's his lot right now. He's in a hospital room dying of cancer. But what was so powerful is the oncologist nurse came in, and she met with him, and they actually thought about trying to sing a little song together in their hospital room. And when I saw it, a tear welled up in my eye, and I said, there it is, there it is. There, there's the light coming in to the darkness. Maybe this will move you like it moved me. Check it out. So, you know, uh, oh, on that? Mm -hmm. on? Yeah, that's the... Yeah. Okay. Alright. <clears throat>
quite beautiful, isn't it? I don't know how anybody sitting here today could not walk away from here grateful. God woke you up this morning, you know that, don't you? Breathed into you life. And for the most part, you look pretty darn good. I wonder if there's something to this idea of Christmas rolling around every single year in the darkest season of the year. In fact, in John's gospel, why don't we read this one out loud? John 8, 12, come on, out loud. Probably the only verse of scripture we're gonna read out loud today. Ready, go. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus came along in the darkest period of human history. Said, I am the light of the world. And what does it say? Whoever, whoever what? Follows me will never walk in darkness. Notice we have a role to play. I don't know if you're like this, but sometimes when I'm talking to people who are struggling and when my faith is strong, it's not always strong, but when it's strong, I want to let them borrow some of my faith. I was talking to my mom this week. She's really going through a hard time. She has medical issues and dark cloud is hovering over her as it has often done in her life. And I spent about an hour on the phone with her, and I just so desperately wanted to give her my faith. And mom, if you're watching this, I know you watch every Sunday. I love you, I love you, I love you. I wanted so much to, to give her my faith. But Jesus says in John 8, you have to follow me. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so I wonder today if you're here and you just need to acknowledge that you need him. You need to acknowledge that maybe you haven't been following him and you need to actually admit that. And come on, guys, this is where it gets real hard for the men because we're all prideful. We think we're all big and bad. We think we've pulled ourselves up by our own bootstraps and it's hard for us because of our pride and we think we have to be macho. No, 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 no. You need to actually humble yourself. One of the great characteristics of a godly man is not ascending but descending into humility where you actually acknowledge, God, I need you. I need you in my life. I need you to light my path. Jesus said, I am the light of the world and whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. Recently, I heard about a family. They were at their lake house and um, mom was in the house and dad was kind of puttering around in the boathouse and two boys, their boys were down on the dock, a 12-year-old and a three-year-old boy. And the 12-year-old was supposed to be watching the three-year-old. But all of a sudden, the 12-year-old got preoccupied, and Billy, the three-year-old, walked out to the end of the dock where he saw this shiny aluminum boat. And he was tempted, and so the little three-year-old Billy stepped into the boat, but as he did, he lost his balance, and he fell into the water. It was about seven or eight feet deep of water. His brother, the 12-year-old, let out a blood-curdling scream. 
And as you might imagine, the dad came flying down from the boathouse, ran onto the dock and jumped into the water and he went down in there flaring around trying to find his son and he ran out of breath. So he came up to the top and he, he took a deep breath and he went back under there and he started looking again and when he about ran out of breath again, he, he's coming back up and Billy's arm rubs his arm and he reaches out and he realizes that his elbow touched Billy's elbow. And the reason he touched Billy's elbow is Billy is underneath the water holding on to the dock post for dear life. Church story. And the dad, the dad figured out what was going on. He pried Billy's hands off and they came up to the top and they sucked that life-giving oxygen. And after the adrenaline started to go down and the nerves started to settle in, his dad said, Billy... Why in the world were you down there holding on to the dock post? And Billy, without hesitation, said, Dad, I was waiting for you. 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ plunged into the darkness of this world. He came into this world to give us light. He came into this world to save us from the darkness. And something powerful happens when a woman or a man, a child or a student says, God, I've been here waiting for you. Abba, Father, save me. And I just wonder today, if there's not a person or two or three or four or 30 or 40 at any of our campuses who the truth is the darkness is just so dark in your life right now. The truth is there's darkness in your life due to your own choices. You haven't been following God. You've, you've kind of fallen by the wayside, if you will. Or maybe the darkness is being thrust upon you from outside forces. Whatever the case may be, I just want to give you a chance on this Christmas Sunday. Say, God, I need you to humble yourself and say, God, few days left before Christmas, I'm praying that your light will come into my life, that it would give me stability and direction and guidance, and that 2020 might possibly be a great year for me. But it starts with acknowledging that you need him. Let's pray together. Father, um, again, I just thank you for who you are and what you're doing. Thank you for this Sunday, God, where we just get to rest and, and scale things back a little bit today. God, do things a little differently. But Lord, it would be so remiss of me if on this Sunday before Christmas, I didn't give your people, I didn't even give myself a chance to say, God, I need you in my life. I need you to come in and I need your light to shine in the darkness. If that's you today, I'm gonna to ask you to do something bold. I just want you to raise your hand. All heads are bowed, eyes are closed. But I'd love for you to just raise your hand and if you want to, look up at me. I'd love to make eye contact with you so I can pray specifically for you. Just lift up your hands right where you are right now. Just raise it up if you desire. I see you two over here, praise God. Lift them up high, hold them up. Yep, I see you guys. Sir, I see you in the back. Yeah, I see you four or five up there in the balcony. I see you folks on this side. Yeah, just, just it, it doesn't save you the hand, but it's just, it's you physically reaching up to heaven saying, God, I just need you. 
I need you to come in. I need you to redeem and restore, guide. I need you to warm this cold heart. Father God, I pray. I pray for these, your children, God, who are just reaching up to you right now. Father, I'm also fully aware of the fact that there are many, many others, God, who for whatever reason, they just don't feel comfortable lifting their hands right now, but they need you. There's, there's sin in their life, God, that they want to have your light dispel. God, there's things that they've struggled with for years and years and years, and they just keep struggling. God, there might be some medical prognosis here, God, where, where folks just need you to step in and do a miracle. God, it might be relational. Hey, wherever you are, why don't you just say this prayer in your heart? Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the light of the world. And I struggle with some darkness from time to time, God. And so I open up my heart, I open up my mind, I open up my life to you today. And I ask boldly that you would come in and dispel the darkness. But God, I also commit to you, that verse tells me that whoever follows you, God, I rededicate my life to you today. Just make that your heart cry. Not words out of my mouth, just say it to the Lord. Lord Jesus, I rededicate my life to following you. And I hold fast like Billy was holding fast to that dock post. I hold fast to the truth that you say whoever follows you will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of mankind. Lord Jesus, thank you for piercing the darkness 2,000 years ago. Pierce my darkness today. This I pray. In the matchless name of Jesus Christ, the very light of the world. And all of God's people set together, amen. Hey, praise God. Come on, church, celebrate. Celebrate what God's doing right there.